Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Jessica Gray of New York, New York. Jessica will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Mary Phillips Sandy, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at SVU Season 3, Episode 14, Counterfeit. I'm telling you, Captain, this woman was raped. I just don't want to send the rat squad on some witch hunt and screw some innocent cop. Neither do I. Could have been anybody in a uniform. Didn't have to be a real it cop. It doesn't matter. This woman is a rape victim until we prove otherwise. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and the Undisclosed Addendum Podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kevin. It's lovely to be in the basement with you today. But that, uh, you mean because we're in the studio C? Yes, yes. Okay, I, usually you have something way snarkier. I know, I but this is the first time we've recorded the show in our OG studio in a long time, and it's really exciting for me. I'm just being earnest. Not as exciting as it is for our guest <laughs> from the Let's Talk About Cats podcast, Mary Phillips Sandy. Hey, Mary. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Spending your weekend watching a Law & Order marathon with all of your cats seems really sad. So we're like the two bad tastes that taste bad together. I don't know. That's I only have one cat, but that sounds like a dream weekend to me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what is so funny about cats? So you can build a whole podcast around them. It's not so much the cats, right? It's the people who mm-hmm. own the cats. And so asking them about their cats is kind of a sneaky way to get them to talk about themselves in a way that they don't usually do. Uh, mm-hmm. Because everybody that comes on our show, uh, you know, they're they're notable in some way usually. Um, they have some career that's interesting or they've accomplished things. They're not, you know, veterinary professionals. They don't run cat food companies. Uh, they're authors, comedians, chefs, you know, Um so they get interviewed, but nobody ever asks them about their cat. So that's what I do. And <laughs> people really let down their guard when you just say, hey, you know, just come on the show and talk about your cat. And then in about 15 minutes, you get their life story in a really hmm. interesting way. Yeah. You'll never have Kevin on the show because he famously hates cats. I don't wait, know. Wait, I, wait, I wait, do wait, know wait. that. Well, I, I, I am aware of that. I am aware of that. But you know what? I, I get it. The cats are not for everyone. And that's fine. More cats for me. Wait, Kevin- before I get ma- bad emails, I'm allergic to cats. Yes. You also hate them. Fair. Well, I hate them because I'm allergic to them. Not the sure. other way around. I think your if allergy I, is born if of my, my allergy went away, I'd be like... 
okay, they're fine. I'm still a dog person, but you can't even watch you. the you can't even watch the trailer for Cats. That's all oh. you hate. Well, nobody should do that. Nobody should do that. <laughs> no, but I get it. Listen, Kevin, as someone with, I'm allergic to basically everything but cats, so I oh. get it. I mean, I as springtime, I everyone's so happy that it's warm out and the trees are budding. I, I'm not happy about that because I'm sneezing. Mary, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite Law and Order detective team. Oh, God. This is like asking me to choose between my children. Um, I only have one child, but it's, <laughs> it's still like that. Like the- <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> I, I, and her I, name is Mariska. <laughs> <laughs> I have agonized about this question, and I have to say Briscoe and Curtis. Mm. Good one. Excellent yeah. choice. Yeah. But very quick, you know, Benson and Amaro right behind, right behind. Really? Yes. Amaro. I, I think that's I, a first. <laughs> I know, but I thought their dynamic was really entertaining. I enjoyed hmm. it. And who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. Now that one was a lot easier. Jack McCoy and Abby Carmichael. Oh, nice choice. That's Rebecca's favorite, I think. It is. A woman of good taste. I think for maybe the last three or four shows, that's been the answer from everybody. Abby Carmichael. What is going on with Angie Harmon? Is she having a moment? Abby Carmichael is on the rise. Yeah, she's paying (laughs) us under the table. She's having her Betty White moment. (laughs) 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 All right, now let's look at the first half of this episode. SVU Season 3, Episode 14, Counterfeit. Q Benson, in an evening dress, apparently leaving her once-in-a-harvest date <laughs> to investigate a murder under a bridge. Paula Grace's body was found near an abandoned car. What do we got? Rape homicide. Fluid on her thighs, perineal tears, lots of pre-mortem bruising. Cause of death? Massive head trauma. Any signs of a weapon? Bloody rock underneath her head when we rolled the body. Won't know for sure until we get her back to the morgue. Thanks. We have any idea what she was doing down here? Cops say this is like a lover's lane. Could have been a romantic interlude gone wrong. She had blue fibers under her fingernails and a trunk full of a counterfeit cancer medication, Ritex. Paula's employer, Kevin Regalia, tells Olivia and Finn that they're working on a competing medication. Well, it seems like Paula was such a good worker that he was fucking her. (laughs) But, as one does, turns out she was fucking him as an FBI whistleblower, (laughs) revealing his plans to flood the market with fake ride techs to bolster their drug. It's a great motive for murder, but another woman is found under the bridge. Francesca Jenser says she was pulled over and raped by a guy in a police uniform. Makes sense because those fibers under Paula's fingernails match NYPD uniform pants. And tired tracks from Francesca's crime scene match a police car. On duty at the time of the attacks was Officer Marcosi. Benson likes him for the crime, but Finn doesn't want to cross that thin blue line. Mm. That's when we first meet Sergeant Ed Tucker and learn IAB has been looking at Marcosi because a prostitute he banged on duty has gone missing. <gasps> okay, so our soon-to-be longest-ever recurring TV characters... Or get teamed up because Stabler is in court and Munch breaks his leg in a mysterious way. <laughs> I have to tell you, I didn't even realize until halfway through this episode that Stabler wasn't on it. That's how little I missed him in this <laughs> episode. <laughs> same, same. Uh, now, in the opening scene, Benson kind of arrives in this sparkly evening dress. Mm-hmm. Indicates that she's got whatever the female equivalent of blue balls are. Because <laughs> she just does not get a break even on a date. All right, nice dress. Yeah, it was a nice date. Where's Munch? Banging sick. Oh, such a hypochondriac. How many times has he had anthrax this week? I thought she looked fantastic in the dress. I, I thought she should have worn it the entire episode. 
Yes, I was actually Could surprised. Be formal victims unit. I was, I was surprised she didn't because she was wearing it back in the squad room like the next day. Yeah. And, and, and then suddenly she wasn't and it felt like a letdown to me. Well, I, I, that scene in the squad room when she's wearing it and drinking her coffee and they're talking about the case, like you cannot expect me to believe that Olivia Benson doesn't have a backup pair of clothes in the squad room like she does right <laughs> well she does but she, she only has wire hangers so oh. she wasn't gonna hang the dress yeah. right that's true you don't want to ruin the sequins on that thing you know dry cleaning it's terrible i have a question yeah why is this an svu case it's a murder well she was raped but how do they know she was raped they can tell <laughs> okay <laughs> they took one look and they said yep <laughs> I'm not supposed to touch anything, but I can see it from here. <laughs> Plus, she also would brought her badge with her. Yeah, all the time, everywhere. Somebody gives her a coat and her badge. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, I bring that on all my bring her like nice shoes. <laughs> it's like me. Imagine all of a sudden I were single, right, Kevin? Yeah. Easy to imagine, right? It is. It's like me bringing this microphone on every date with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't do that? Just in case I need it. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you got to be prepared in this world. <laughs> but Mary, you got to remember, like later on, they go back to the crime scene and they're doing all these mud prints. And I'm like, if the mud was that wet, well, imagine what her shoes must have looked yeah, like. Yeah, wrecked them. Must have been a mess. Must have been a mess. I mean, we didn't. Did we ever see Benson's feet? Was she wearing heels? You got to assume so, right? I don't think she was. No? Really? She's in flats? You don't think she wears heels with that dress? Listen, I think she probably does, but you know she has dates so infrequently, and they're probably always shorter men, because (laughs) aren't all men shorter than Olivia Benson? She is pretty pretty much. I'll give you that. We also learned that Finn may be a car thief. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Trunk releases are working. Keys either. You see, this is narcotics. Drug dealers too cheap to put in a stash spot, so they rekey the locks, then disable the manual release. Were you a car thief in a former life? Nah, baby. Boy Scout. Always prepared. Sweet wisdom from Finn. He's super good at unlocking that car with his little tool, right? Yeah, and then he like looks at it and he's like, no, baby. <laughs> it's a great line. But like, shouldn't, shouldn't all cops know how to open an unlocked door? Like, shouldn't that yeah. just be part of the training? Like, yeah, what if- Olivia. What the fuck, are you sick that day? <laughs> yeah, like what if a baby or a cat is trapped in the car and you need cat. to get them out, you know? You lock your keys in the car, who are you calling? <laughs> who the lo- cops. Who locks a cat in their car? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> it's her brand, Rebecca. Let her go with it, okay? Yeah, come on now. But people do crazy things. And as an as a officer of the law, it's your job to be prepared for this stuff. I mean, True. picking a car lock is not that difficult, I think, right? <laughs> no, I mean, you just they have a tool called a Slim Jim. Hmm. Exactly. And only cops can get it. Like, yeah. only cops can get those uniforms. <laughs> Nobody else wears blue polyester pants in New York City. Uh, yeah. I've never a, seen it. It is an elite squad. Yes. <laughs> um, the evil pharmaceutical company plan is to flood the market with these sugar pills disguised as the competition's cancer drug mm. so they can gain market share. Do we determine that they actually, is their plan? That is their plan. I thought it was just a theory. I don't know if it was ever actually No, proven. that was, that was okay. with the FBI. Said. Okay. That is the plan. But how fast do you think people are going to notice that those drugs were no good? Because it's like, Mr. Johnson is the one cancer patient not getting better. Oh, well, I guess we better start using something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems like, and, and what, what was it? They were they normally cost, what, $25,000 a, a month or something? What yeah. did they say the right? So if you're paying that much money for a medication, you're doing that because it gets results. And mm. so the minute it stops getting results, you're probably going to stop using it. Yeah, I mean, that's an investment. Is it, that's like though? A car. But I mean, yeah. isn't a, doc- a doctor just like, he says, oh, that one guy with cancer? 
didn't turn out so well. Oh, well, I got to exactly. rethink everything. Exactly. Maybe. It's not like dandruff medication. Yeah, like it doesn't true. work. You just buy a different <laughs> bottle of shampoo. It does seem like a weird scam, a weird yeah. long game scam. I was, but then the doctor would be like, wait a minute. This medication that I got from the competing pharmaceutical rep isn't working? Well... That's not suspicious. (laughs) No, and this is going to happen simultaneously to all the doctors all around the country who are using Ritex, which sounds like a cracker brand. I'll be honest. It doesn't sound like the name of a drug. It doesn't Mm. sound like the name of a cancer drug. It sounds like a stroller. Yeah, it sounds (laughs) fake at the beginning. Yeah, it just sounds fake. (laughs) Car seat. (laughs) Yes, a very safe car seat. Yeah, they got them in those Sam Club. Uh, size containers <laughs> with the pickles. Yeah. <laughs> so that CSU tech decides to build a crime scene model out of Legos. What's up with that? Uh, <laughs> I loved that. Too much time on your hands? My kid visits. Always leave something behind in my office. My son used to love these too. Used them to make a model of your crime scene. Here's the car. We found her clothes over here. Nothing but garbage around the body. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Uh, Finn makes this passing rem- comment about how his son loves Legos, mm. and Benson does this double take. Who's <gasps> uh, on the down low now, Ice-T? Uh, <laughs> his son? His son. <laughs> and him. We find out that the kid is actually 18. Right. But loves Legos. He loves yeah, Legos. He loves though. Legos, yeah, yeah. though. Uh, I mean, he's been on the show for a year and a half. How come he hasn't told his, his colleagues this? He also hasn't told him he's a car thief, Kevin. Well, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. But legit question. Okay, why I was just say, he also hasn't told them that he did attend the day at cop training where you learn how to unlock cars. That's, that's right. supposed to be obvious. Yeah. I'm the only one who can open this car. Why are you always having me open the car? Finn doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who goes to work and makes small talk. No. He doesn't. Oh, okay. He strikes me as the kind of guy, we all work with someone like this, that's like so much cooler than you are, you just want them to like you, and they just ignore you the whole time. Like, that's how he is, I uh-huh. think. Right? Mm. I yeah. I work with someone like that. His name's Todd. We all want him to like us so badly. Hey, Todd. And we all try. <laughs> we all like wander by his desk and like try some snarky line and he'll be like, oh, that's funny. And you're like, yes. He thought it was well, why don't you try this next time? Hey, does your 18 year old son like Lego? <laughs> <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have a son? Oh, just okay. Just trying. They were, they were trying to make it so clear in this episode that Finn is mysterious. Mm. Uh, and that that's and that that's part of what makes him cool is the mystery, right? It's the not knowing about him. If he was just like, hey, you know, um, I uh, I got a son and he loves Legos and that's kind of weird. I'm a little worried about him. He's 18. He should have outgrown <laughs> this by now. Like <laughs> it, that that's not cool. That's just that's just a normal human. Yeah, yeah baby. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's check out our Hey, It's That Guys. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's that guy. I'm going to start with Mary and ask you, who is playing Officer Marcosi? He looked so familiar. He looked Rebecca? so familiar. But I can't place him. I believe his name is Michael O'Keefe. I don't have to explain how I work to you. Nobody in that precinct brings in more collars than me. Is yes. That correct? Michael and O'Keefe. He played Danny Noonan in Caddyshack. Exactly. And then has gone on to have a long career of being, hey, it's that guy, probably a dirty cop, or hey, it's that guy, probably a priest who's also a bad guy. <laughs> That's what it is. He played a priest. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, what it, he, Yes. Okay. Now I know who that guy is. He's had uh, seven Law & Order appearances. Yeah, he has. Dirty Cop. Dirty Cop was kind of priest a couple of times. He's probably <laughs> best known for the double role of a mobster mm-hmm. and his own twin brother That's on right. Original Recipe, which oh, we yeah. are doing next time with Brady <gasps> Carlson. Oh, I'm so excited about doing that episode. <laughs> uh, Michael O'Keefe has had supporting roles in a bunch of things like The Waltons mm. and Homeland and everything in between. 
He was Fred on Roseanne mm. and is currently on, uh, he's in City on a Hill with Kevin Bacon and Jill Hennessy. Can you believe oh. he used to be the handsome lead in a 70s comedy? <laughs> like he was that? supposed to be. <laughs> Ever do drugs, Danny? <laughs> 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 I think that's the line. I had to look it up. Uh, See, I, I was not allowed to watch much TV growing up, mm-hmm. uh, except for Law and Order. So I, there's so many bit players and character actors that everyone's like, oh yeah, you remember from that that sitcom in the in the early '90s? Right? I, I I wasn't watching it, so I don't know. I have this huge mm. gap in my cultural knowledge because my parents thought that if I didn't watch TV, I'd be smarter. Um, and now you're talking about cats for a living. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it <laughs> nice made job. absolutely no difference. Thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. I'm just a bore at parties now. But uh, yeah, so I, I feel like my cousins play this game all the time where they see someone in a show or in a movie and they just reel off everything they've been in. And that's very difficult for me. So it sounds like I'm going to have more chances yeah. to fill in the gaps this episode. Yeah, I'm very excited about that because yeah. I actually know some of them. One more uh, fact about Michael O'Keefe. He is uh, the former Mr. Bonnie Raitt. Really? Yeah. That's a good fact. She wow. couldn't make him love her if he don't. <laughs> uh, we have a Hey, It's That Girl. Hey, it's that girl. Playing Francesca? Who is that? Christine Hodge from Head of the Class. Yes. <laughs> he said that if I would have sex with him, he wouldn't arrest me. When I refused, he got angry. I pretended to pass out. See, I've heard the name of that show. I've heard the name of that show, but I don't know what it is. Uh, it's about a school. It's about yes. a school, right? Okay, okay. That's as much it's as I got. It's sort of like the uh, late 80s, early 90s-ish Welcome Back Cotter, except with I don't think it helps her either. Except with <laughs> yeah, I don't know Privileged one. white smart kids. Okay. <laughs> school. Did you go to school? <laughs> oh, What's God, a school? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so imagine Dr. Johnny Fever from WKRP in Cincinnati as a teacher. Wait, that doesn't help either. <laughs> I've been to Maybe. Cincinnati. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will help. Christine, what's her, how do you pronounce her? Hodge. Hodge. I think it's pronounced Hodge. That's how I've always pronounced it. She had very curly hair on on red, long red curly hair, which I think she was famous for. Yeah, yeah. She was voted most huggable at North Hollywood <laughs> High School. <laughs> Congratulations. Is, is that true? That's amazing. Hopefully that's something they're not still awarding people. <laughs> in the Me Too era. But, but someone who's hugged her should write into the show and let you know if she is indeed huggable. Yeah. Mm. And what they were thinking with that hug. I hope it was a side hug, <laughs> not a full-on front-to-front. Not cool. Uh, or a consensual front hug. A consensual front hug. Consensual front hug. Yeah, that would make her huggable, I guess. Any chance you recognize the actor playing the suspect with no lines, Jeff Trapano? No. No. (laughs) Sorry, okay. (laughs) It's deep cut, but I thought it was really interesting. That's the late Paul Regina. The 1980s, he played, well, Zorro's son on Zorro and Son. There was a show called Zorro and Son. Shut up. Yeah, sure, Zorro and Son. It's like a fake thing. And uh, (laughs) he had recurring roles on Law & Order and The Untouchables, but he's best known for a groundbreaking role on the Showtime sitcom Brothers. Hmm. He played Cliff, the gay brother who came out right before his wedding. TV historians say he was the first gay sitcom character written for like real-life situations in the 80s. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, not sort of a, you know one of these limp-wristed caricatures. Like on Soap. Like on Soap. Right. Billy Crystal's character was the first gay... Uh, Openly pro-time, gay. Yeah, yeah, primetime gay character, but this was more written, more L-word. It's a comedy still, but... Mm-hmm. I, I guess I've never seen it, but this is what they say on the internet. Hmm. Well, then it must be true. Well, then it must be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think they could have given the guy a line. I think they could have. You know, did. it wasn't like 
somebody from the Screen Actors Guild has walked in and is okay. Well, do you fit this outfit? Okay, you can wear it. Maybe maybe the budget got cut at the last minute. They're like, I'm so sorry, you had a line, but we just can't afford it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even buy these Legos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our Lego budget has gone up. Your lines yeah. have gone I just, down. Can we just go back to that for two seconds? Yeah. We've never seen that before on the show, and we've never seen it since. What? The Lego yeah. crime scene. Yeah. Something makes me think that, like, somebody brought their kid to work that day. They were just like, here, keep busy, kid. Yeah. And they were like, how do we use this? This is cool. That's apparently what the CSU tech said. <laughs> what's that What's that CU tech's name? Uh, Daniel, Daniel Sanjata? Yeah. <laughs> From um, uh, Rescue Me. Yeah, he played Franco on yes. Rescue Me he alongside, didn't... and again, Mary, you just could, just have a drink. I, listen, have I'm- Have some I'm, more coffee while we talk. Go talk about cats. I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. I'm okay, here to learn. all right. Uh, Daniel uh, Sanjata played alongside Robert John Burke. You spoke to our target without us. You of all people should know better, Captain. Who is Tucker, mm-hmm. who we're seeing for the first time. And, Hi, Tucker. And Dean Winters, who mm-hmm. plays Cassidy. So the three of them were all on that show. Daniel Sanjata has been on Happy, that TV show with... Oh, Happy is the one with um, uh, the guy from X-Files, uh, David no. Duchovny. Chris Maloney. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh. That's right. What's the one with I'm sorry? I'm so sorry. You're right. It's the one with like a rabbit or some shit. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Or, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, Chris Maloney is a rabbit? Is that what you just said? <laughs> no. No, but there's like a rabbit on the show or yeah, something? Yeah, he like sees a rabbit. It's like Harvey, but he's oh. angry or I don't know. I was going to say, if Chris Maloney is playing a rabbit, I, you've got my interest. I, I, I want to see how that happens. But no, a the, jacked rabbit. The, the Lego thing was so fascinating because we saw, we actually saw a shot of what the guy had done with the Legos. And it was literally just a, a person lying on their back in like a little square of Legos, right? Like it wasn't yeah. any sort of technical... There was nothing that you get from that that you couldn't also do with a pen and paper or on a whiteboard. I can't wait till they bring that into court and show the jury. <laughs> Your Honor, you'll see you at this part of the Lego. Okay, so Francesca is our unreliable victim mm. Uh, mm. because she's lying about the fact that she was drunk and then she fucked a guy in the car just before getting raped and she has a thing against the cops, maybe. What do you think? Is like uh, she irredeemable as a fictional victim? No. And no, I think Ice T's kind of being an asshole about it. I, yeah, I think, I think Ice T went way too far in this episode. I think he was being, it, it was like, what is your problem, dude? There was not really any motivation. Like, you're just having a bad day. You're just upset about your 18 year old son and his, like, fixation on Lego. Like, you, he wouldn't leave her alone. He wouldn't accept anything anyone was saying or listen uh, to what the victim was saying. It just seemed like he had something going on in his personal life. Agreed. Like he was a cop? <laughs> yeah, that might be it. You might be onto something. <clears throat> That's alienating the one cop that actually still listens to this stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is an interesting argument between Finn and Benson over whether it's possible that a cop could be their suspect. Yeah. You got a problem? Yeah, I do. You softball on him like that. I'm not going to go hard on two good cops unless I think they've done something. What side are you on? The victims. Where we're supposed to be. Yeah, well, what about the truth? Your victim's definitely not telling that. Oh, and your cops are? You didn't even ask them. You sounded more like their union rep than anything else. I just call it how I see it. Yeah? It really wouldn't be realistic or good for the plot, you know, for the dramatic tension, if one of them didn't express doubts that a cop could ever do this. True. True. And I think, you know, the other thing I was thinking, this episode came out, what, 2002? You know, and there's that anthrax joke at the top. 
you know, it was a maybe a time when we felt differently about police, right? We didn't this talk was, shit about cops in New York in 2002. This was a year after 9-11 in New York. Maybe, you know, the anthrax thing. I remember being scared of anthrax for reasons I didn't quite understand. Uh, you know, it was like everyone was scared of anthrax. And maybe we had a different feeling about it. And we had to play up mm-hmm. that, you know, cops are good guys. That's the default assumption. We can't go into this assuming that it's possible for them to be human beings who do terrible shit. You know, they're mm. special. They're different. I will say, I think Finn is showing a lot of blue blood here for someone who once sang, I got my 12 gauge sawed off. I got my headlights turned off. I'm about to dust some shots off. I'm about to dust some cops off. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's killer. true. That's true. Listen, listen, he's, uh, he says in many interviews that playing a cop is just like playing a gangster. Sure. He says it all the time. Sure, as if, but if a gangster like also like sang a song about killing cops <laughs> or killing gangsters, I guess it would or be killing yeah. gangsters. Yeah, right. A cop was time to kill a bunch of gangsters. <laughs> Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series on Disney Plus. Experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Right now, let's look at the second half of this episode. Marcosi had the tires on his police car changed and claims the hooker left town for rehab. I was down there the night of the murder, under the West Side Highway. Doing what? I had a date in the car. Where was your partner? Looking out for me, and it's a good thing he was. You see anything? Yeah, our boss, Lieutenant Erzy, came driving towards us. So Graves comes up, knocks on the window. We get out of there, no lights, before Erzy caught us. Who was the girl? Some random citizen picked me up. She offered. I don't even know her name. News is out there looking for a rapist cop, so another victim comes forward about her previous attack. She says that the guy in uniform lost his erection during the rape, which Wang finds interesting. Mm. Finn and Olivia go back to interview Francesca, but her neighbors say she was just arrested by some cop that she said had raped her. Benson admits the perp might not actually be a cop, so they get sales records from a uniform store. That's when it occurs to Marcosi that the car he saw the night of the attack wasn't his boss, and he links the partial license plate to Jeff Trapani. He's in the wind, and Francesca is with him. Cragen wants him arrested, but when Liv and Finn spot him in the park, they decide to tail him instead. They follow him to a cop bar and let him overhear how the detectives are this close to making an arrest. They track him back to an abandoned apartment building, of course, where they rescue Francesca and arrest Trapani dressed in his imitation uniform. Mm. So Marcosi says he is the, hey, maybe I pushed the line a bit, but I get results kind of police <laughs> officer. <laughs> <laughs> he said that so many times. Eh, maybe I cross a few lines here, but you know, I he's get the- shady as hell. Yeah. Marcosi is. You knew he he's done something. 
You know, he might not have done this, but he's done something. Yes. <laughs> Which is usually what the cops say when they arrest well, the wrong we guy. we know he has because he admitted that he sleeps with hookers while he's on the job. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> surely there should be some consequences for that. I, I'd love to see that happen. Yeah. Well, you know, they go to his locker. Yeah. And, you know, looking for evidence. Bingo. Rough Riders. Our favorite brand. Hey! It's private property. And they confront him with... A box of condoms. Rough Riders. Rough Riders. Yeah. <laughs> the condoms are Rough Riders. <laughs> but like, is that like really strong evidence? It's like, what do you need these for? Rapist. <laughs> he also had a lot of pictures of scantily clad women taped to the inside of his locker. So that tells yeah. you something about him, right? Yeah, he's in junior high. He's yeah. at work. I mean, it actually does tell you something. Because <laughs> if you go to your job mm-hmm. and you also need to hang up posters of naked women at your job, uh-huh. there actually is something wrong with yes. you. Yes. <laughs> trying to tell the other guys who's in charge. Yeah, yeah. See this one? Banged her. Maybe he is a 13-year-old in a cop suit and he's just fooling everybody. <laughs> That's why he's got the box of condoms. He doesn't know how to use them. Yeah. He enrolls them, tries to put them on like a sock. He's, like, hey. he's practicing on bananas in the break room. Exactly. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, never mind, Grace. Go fill out a DD5. <laughs> yeah, so after like this, uh, this interrogation, Craig isn't fooling around anymore. He says, I'm calling in Wong. Yeah, why? <laughs> because we all love seeing BD Wong on the TV. That's all. Hell yeah, we do. Hell yeah. yeah. And like as usual, it takes about six minutes for him to diagnose everything in the guy's entire psychological history. <laughs> I've seen your arrest record. It's very impressive. Ever since I was a little boy, all I wanted to be was a detective. The thrill of the chase? I make a collar, I get a real rush. The same rush you get when a beautiful woman comes on to you? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the same, you know? It's like a game. Will she? Won't she? I, no, see, I just, I just think he knows everything. He knows everything, and the interview is just a formality, right? He's mm. all-knowing, all-powerful. He's just there to confirm what he already knows. I think he's just like, he's Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. He's got like all yeah. these mystical powers. Exa- well, exactly, in. that's what I'm saying. He is my favorite character on this show. He Love is. him. Love him so much. I, my favorite kind of scene on Law & Order, period, in any recipe of Law & Order, is Huang talking to a suspect like when yes. he says is making an arrest like getting a woman <laughs> <laughs> well now that you mention it yes it is yeah. <laughs> i use handcuffs i can't believe this guy said no to both a union rep and a lawyer what is the matter with him what? like you would think a guy who's he's not good at the law you know what i'm saying but you would think a guy who is constantly committing actual crimes at work would be very comfortable with his union rep coming in and sitting with him and getting him off out of problems, Speed right? dial. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 10 a.m. and uh, that bar is full of cops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they were working the midnight <laughs> shift. For- they were working oh, they the work. midnight shift. Well, we have also just established that it's okay for cops to have pictures of naked women hanging up at work in their lockers. Yeah, there's I no mean, rules. 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 <laughs> At least not in this version of the universe. Yeah. Gotta go to a cop bar. Uh, and we're just gonna like talk loudly next to him and see what happens. Yeah. You hear about this cluster over at the tutu? Not much out there. IB's got such a tight lid on it. I know a lot of guys over there. I can't figure out any of them doing something like this. No one else is gonna overhear our weird conversation about <laughs> our, our weird performative conversation. 
five other guys got up and left too. <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get rid of my stash. It would be like as if you and I went upstairs right now and in front of like our sixteen year old son, we were like, So, um, I was thinking about maybe going upstairs and checking under our kids' mattress. What do you think, Kevin? <laughs> oh, I've heard that that works sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you find things. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen? Wouldn't there be consequences? I don't know. I, I guess we, we might have to take away the car. I don't know. We're getting close. Yeah. Well, we better just finish our coffee first. <laughs> we can do it in five or ten minutes. <laughs> you know, I think that might actually work. Let's try that right after this. Parenting tips here. <laughs> they followed Trapani back to his apartment in this building that has electricity but no other residents, <laughs> which I just don't get. Every time there's an abandoned restaurant or what the, whatever the hell. But he's about to rape and kill Francesca because she's a loose end. Police! Back away from her. Put your hands on your head. Okay, back away slowly. Come down here. When they, he left the bar, he was in street clothes. Mm. And when they go to kick down the door, he's in a full police uniform. That's right. So he got dressed up to do the murder? Yes. Yes. What? <laughs> Obviously. You think that's the weirdest thing about this whole situation? <laughs> what about the fact that he has his the driver's license, the victim's hanging on a wall in a warehouse? Like, that's weird. Yeah. Why is that less that's weird? That's very weird. Yeah. Oh, no, why it's very it, convenient. Here's everybody I raped. Why is it less weird that poor Christine Hodge from Head of the Class is lying there in her underwear? We all know he would not have that courtesy. That's also weird. Yeah. I'm going to tie you up, chain you to the wall. But you can keep your third love bra. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is prime time, though. That's true. I will say, going, just going back in the plot a moment, the weirdest thing to me was the scene where the neighbors are on the sidewalk saying, Francesca Jesner? That girl sure knows how to party. Your buddy got her in the car without your help. A cop? Arrested her before. Thought she was going to claw his eyes out before he got the cuffs on her. Yelling he raped her. Yeah. yeah, this cop dragged her off and she was screaming, he raped me. Oh, she's such a loser. Like, what? <laughs> it doesn't occur to you that maybe you should think, huh, that's a little weird. I, I, that's just, people don't usually yell that about cops when they're, I mean, it just seems like someone on the block would have had a minute to think, hmm, this seems fishy, instead of just being demeaning about it. I also had a question about that scene because they're rolling down the street and they're like, Hey, what's going on there? As if it's some sort of like protest or rally. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of busybody neighbors standing around like, what are they doing that would look unusual from the car? Were they like holding up signs saying our neighbor was not just kidnapped by a rapist cop? Yeah. Like, what were they no, doing? No, they were all getting together saying, man, isn't that crazy? <laughs> the fuck? Francesca. People don't talk to each other. <laughs> if a group of people speaking loudly on the sidewalk is what makes cops pull over, they're not going to get their jobs done. That's I mean, true. Yeah, that's all they do. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm looking out my window right now. There's like five groups of people speaking loudly on the sidewalk. It's I, nobody's nobody minds. That's just normal. That's just you call Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Still enough time to get to that cop bar. <laughs> right. So the guy goes, he kidnaps the girl. He locks her up so he could go do his community service of picking trash in the park. Yeah. Then I'm going to go to a bar. He cares about his community service. Yeah. Yeah. Well, littering is bad. Littering is bad. So if you're not a cop, are you allowed to go to a cop bar? I've always wondered that because they always go show these cop bars and it's only cops there, right? I mean, are there that many cops that you could run a whole business with just people who have one kind of job? It's open to the public, but it's like <laughs> they could become adopted by cops okay. or something like okay. that. Or a cop runs them. Or I will say this help is help us out here, Mary. No, no, I will say this is true. I mean, I can't speak to to New York, even though that is where I live. Um, my brother 
lives in Hartford, Connecticut, and befriended a bunch of cops and hung out with them and actually somehow was invited to join the Italian-American Officers Association because of this. Ooh, fancy. Mm -hmm. We're not Italian (laughs) at all, Uh and he's not an Uh officer, but he just hung out at the cop bar enough that they kind of adopted him. So this does happen. Do you qualify? Yeah. (laughs) He's really good at Legos. Yeah, he's very good, and he can, you know, he speeds all the time now because he doesn't Mm. care. That's, Wow. Yeah, my the Wild Rover where I hang out was both mm-hmm. a cop and firefighter bar mm. and an Irish bar and a sports bar. So I guess it's a, kind of a small town. So everybody's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all. And a reporter bar, apparently. Bar. Could be a secretly gay bar, too. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it's the whole thing. It's every bar rolled into one. <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the headlines. This episode takes its inspiration from the 1986 murder of Kara Knott. The family of the San Diego State Junior reported her missing after failing to arrive at her boyfriend's house. Her brother-in-law discovered her Volkswagen Beetle abandoned near a bridge on Interstate 15. Kara had been strangled and her body had been thrown over the side. A witness told investigators he saw Kara being pulled over by a police car before her murder. Fibres found in the car were traced to a particular source, a California Highway Patrol uniform patch. Detectives turned their attention to California Highway Patrol's officer, Craig Pyre. The veteran cop had been working the night of the killing and had fresh scratches on his face. He also had altered entries in his patrol log around the time of the murder. A rope found in the boot of his squad car matched ligature marks around Kara's neck. After his arrest, several women reported having been pulled over by Pyre as he made sexual advances. After his first trial ended in a hung jury, he was found guilty of Caronaut's murder in 1988. Craig Pyre is currently serving a 25-year-to-life sentence at the California Men's Colony. That's what it's called? That's, yeah. Wow. That sounds very Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> good. Well, good. <laughs> good, good, good. He's there, yes. Uh, so the the worst description given by a police officer about a victim ever, ever, I think, came in this case. A cop told uh, the newspaper that she looks like, quote, a frozen Milky Way that had been slammed against the table. <laughs> what? I, what the fuck are you saying, brother? How would you even know that? What, what a frozen <laughs> Milky Way. <laughs> looks like. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so gross. It's, it's so specific. It's so specific. What? Well, it wasn't not a Snickers. Are you sure? I was, it was. Well, I mean, too soon. It's Thirty years later, but damn, that is some stupid shit to say. Oh my god! Because oh. you realize people are going to hear that. <laughs> what the hell? It could, it could be. Well, she was thrown over the side, and it was very tragic, and it's a violent crime, and she looked like a Milky Way. Frozen. Frozen, frozen Milky, Milky Way. She looked like a butterfinger that had been hit by a rolling pin. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I guess, 
Yes, I'm never going to forget that in my whole life. I'm never eating a Milky Way again. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't ruin paydays next. Don't do Uh. it. Boy, this is like this is like a huge case in Southern California to this day. Yeah, huh. it's like a quintessential Southern California crime. Okay, here we're talking about Pyre has uh, maintained his innocence, but years later, the Innocence Project offered to test some blood that was found at the scene for DNA. Mm. It was, I think, a drop of blood on the victim's boots, uh, and so you know they didn't have the DNA testing at that point. He declined to participate. Yeah, because he sounds did it. suspicious. Yeah. He's too busy. He's too busy. He's got stuff going on there in the, yeah, you know, in the colony. He's got things to do. Did this forever and ruin? And projects is, is likely to set you up too. You yeah. Know? Did did this forever ruin our shiny remembrance of Chips starring Eric Estrada? <laughs> this ruin the image no, of that Chips whole. No, Chips actually destroyed. Me. <laughs> Mary Again, has I, no idea what we're talking about. No, I don't. Mary about this TV show. I don't Chips. Know. Chips. Eric Estrada. It was yeah. about. It was about. Snacks and dips and uh, yes, guacamole. It was okay. Sounds it was. good. I yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Her father was Sam Knott. He was a relentless advocate. After this, he pushed for new laws prioritizing missing persons reports, mm-hmm. uh, redefining police jurisdictions so they can get you know quicker response, making public safety a consideration factor for bail, mm-hmm. which it had not been. Counting real property when determining free legal representation. Mm. He said he didn't qualify, but he had a house, et cetera. Oh, so he used that. yeah. He fought for GPS tracking of police cars. This is like they just created GPS yeah. and he wanted it. Uh, the family built a memorial garden at the place where her body was discovered. Mm-hmm. And in 2000, Sam Knott had a heart attack and died there, right where his daughter was found. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I was just going to say, that is incredible, though, that they took that tragedy and, and decided to turn it into something that would do good for other people. Yeah. I mean, people grieve in different ways. He obviously put his his sadness into action here and was uh, the driving force behind a lot of different initiatives to improve public safety and mm. victims' rights. Mm. One thing he did not do, prevent people in the future from comparing dead bodies to candy bars smashed the against fuck, the table. Man? Yes, sorry. Sensitivity training. Someone needs to pass a law immediately. I don't know who <laughs> really. I need to petition. <laughs> so I didn't go into this too much, but the police did not respond. Yeah. Like, and so the family had to go out. They found the car. They found her body. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, in the end, it wouldn't have made a difference, but they shouldn't have had to be the ones to go no, to that. No. 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 I mean, the police have one job. It's to do that. Do you know how they zoned in on Pyre. How? NBC7 did a special report the next night on how women driving alone can stay safe. Hmm. And guess which police officer they did a ride-along with? <gasps> Shut up. Absolutely. 100%. It was Pyre. That's how they knew he had the scratches on his face. He was all in the TV report. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Is he like one of these people that's like, of course I didn't do it. Otherwise, why would I have done this TV story about exactly that? Well, you know, I was trying to think like... <laughs> Jesus Christ, this guy. It could be both because one of the things the other cop said is that he ended up really getting interested in the case and asking a lot of questions. Of course he did. So sure. putting he himself out... He did it. Out, he did it. The, well, yes. <laughs> right, but that's a behavior that like profilers will say. Like if you're, you know, you will want to know like a lot about what's going on. You'll insert yourself in the investigation. He did that, but it was also sounds like that they just happened to pick him. Yeah. Oh, so it's random. He hadn't like volunteered. They said, you know, let's go get somebody who's in that. It works in that area. Let's get him in the police car with them. And it, it was apparently him. And he's got to be saying like, 
try to cover your tracks. And the boss says, go out with this TV crew and tell them like, how to not get raped and murdered. By you. By you, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Jeez. tip number one, stay away from me. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's it. You're good. Okay, end of report. <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Mary Philip Sandy. Mary, how can our listeners follow you online? Well, they can find Let's Talk About Cats um, in all the podcast places. What, is it funny? Sorry. <laughs> it is the name of your podcast. It's funny every time. Listen, it's funny every time. That is why I called it Let's Talk About Cats, because that's exactly <laughs> what I want people to do. It's it's everywhere you get podcasts. And of course, it is at our website, which is letstalkaboutcats.com. And we are on social media. It's at L-T-A-C-P-O-D, at LTACPod, on all the places. And Rebecca Lavoy, how can our listeners follow you? Well, they can talk about Rebecca on my Twitter at Reb Lavoy, and I'm the same on Instagram. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law & Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoy. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to lawandorderpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.